This program is not intended to diagnose, cure, or treat any disease or disorder. The listener is encouraged to seek sound medical advice from their doctor or other qualified healthcare practitioner before taking any supplements or starting a new health regimen. Welcome to the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. My name is Jim Ducharme. I'm your, uh, your, your, your corporate announcer or co-host or something along those lines. And of course, as always, I am joined by the Nutrition Heretic herself, Adrian Hugh. Hello, Adrian. Hello, Jim. I, I hope that uh, when um, in post-production you add some claps and stuff in there. Oh, well, like at least for my An jokes. audience going, yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll have the laugh track for my jokes because, you know. <laughs> That's, I carry one of those around on my smartphone with me and just play ah, it when I tell nice. a joke. Hey, we have a really cool guest uh, this week with us. We have uh, Laura Childs. She is the author of the complete low-carb, high-fat, no-hunger diet. Sweet. And if, if you're looking for any of the books that Adrian has written, and she's written some great ones, cookbooks, uh, my favorite, as always, is 50 Ways to Eat Cock. Um, yeah, cock is sweeping the nation, let me just tell you. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's very popular with the ladies and the gents. If I wasn't comfortable with my sexuality, I'd probably be embarrassed by the way I phrase that. But, <laughs> um, and you know, you can find those books at nutritionheretic.com. And of course, that's where you can find our podcast. And uh, Adrian, if people have suggestions for the show or if they'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest, uh, where do they go to do that? They can go to adrianhugh.com forward slash help desk. And Adrian Hugh is spelled A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E-H-E-W. See how easy that is? We'd love there to hear go. from you. So, a Adrian, let's uh, let's get right into it this time. Unless you have some stuff you want to cover first? Or do well, you yeah, I just want to, you know me, Jim. Okay. I always have to say something. I All can't right. just, you know, let the guest be the star of the show. That. I mean, uh, anyway. Um... <laughs> Uh, no, actually, I wanted to just kind of uh, direct us, you know, where we're going with this today. Uh, and we're still in the holidays. And even though Christmas is on the 25th and New Year's is clearly on the 1st of January, there's there's always a lot of stuff laying around after that, right? There's it's not It's not like just the one day. You've got leftovers from the holidays. You've got all kinds of food things that you're going to be doing. You're visiting friends and family. Some people don't even officially consider Christmas over until like the 6th of January, right? So uh, we're going to continue talking about dealing with uh, whatever it is that we have chosen to eat or need to eat out of necessity, like, you know, an allergy or something like that, or uh, in the case of Laura, a diet that is not full of sugar and starch. Uh, so, you know, I wanted to just go into uh, that as, um, you know, just to, to introduce that as the idea of today's show. Uh, before we introduce Laura, I wanted to give everybody just one quick quickie tip. Uh, on finding the diet that's right for you. And and the reason why I think this is important is because I get approached by people all the time who ask me, you know, well, what's what's good to eat? What's the right thing to eat? And then as soon as I tell them eating real food is kind of the basis of, of what I try to focus on, they go, oh, well, you know, it doesn't work for everybody, uh, which is kind of stupid because... Uh, 
packaged foods really didn't exist until about a hundred years ago. I mean, I guess it depends on how far back you want to go uh, and what you're considering considering packaged. But the stuff that is uh, lining the supermarket shelves is not what humans have evolved eating. And uh, if what we had been eating all along was so wrong and so so bad for us, uh, then we probably wouldn't be here. Uh, we, I think we think of ourselves as a little too distant from our humanity. And so what I really suggest is that you eat everything because people will tell me, you know, if somebody is just like a staunch you know, vegan, oh, I can't eat meat, I can't drink milk, I can't have broth, I can't do this, I can't do that. And then I say, okay, well, when, what happens to you when you eat that stuff? Oh, I, I never had it. And it's like, well, you can't decide that it doesn't work for you until you've had it. And what I've actually found over the years is that very frequently people will, you know, until, until they've got one foot in the ground, you know, like, you know, steps away from death, that's when they're ready to try something new. And they're like, oh, this stuff is awesome. I, I feel so much better. So if you really want to know, you know, what the right diet is for you, try, you know, try a, a broader range of things because... People don't realize how much they do, they're, um, they're doing themselves a disservice by not giving their bodies a chance to decide for itself what works. Hmm? Uncomfortable silence. No, I, listen, okay. I, I, <laughs> look, I, you know, I find a style of pants that works and I stick with it. So, you know, that's, that's, it's probably good advice. I'm not, I am not, it's only in recent years that I become a, the kind of person who belongs anywhere near a buffet, because uh, normally I wouldn't try anything on it. Oh, deviled eggs! I'm done. Right. You know, I, I mean, I won't even try the other stuff. I, I don't know how my mother survived having me as a kid, because I must have been horrible as far as being a picky eater goes. Yeah, I, I was actually really picky as a kid, and it wasn't until... I lived in Europe and then came back and discovered that, you know, the reason why everything tasted so much better in Europe is because they don't bog it down with as many pesticides and it's not shipped all over tarnation, uh, that, uh, you know, food just tasted so much better. And when I came back here, I started learning about organics and locally grown and things like that. And now, I mean, I, I eat pretty much everything, I, I mean, with the exception of maybe eyeballs. Yeah, I've, I've been known to swallow a few of those too. By the way, not a big fan of candied eyeballs, no matter where they're coming from. <laughs> just, just not a big fan of those things. <laughs> I'll, I'll swallow one on a dare. Let's just say. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually worked at a at a radio station, and somebody sent, and I don't know what their thing was, but they were an, annoyed with one of the um, uh, hosts, so they sent him a pair of cow eyeballs preserved in alcohol. In a jar. Yeah. That sounds Chinese. <laughs> was the guy Chinese? Because... I don't know, but he was trying to get the... I mean, he was trying to make a point, but we're way off topic now. Yeah. Which yeah. is my... That's why I'm here, but... <laughs> <laughs> to, to take us off topic? That's right. <laughs> Keep us on topic. It's the zombie diet. You can eat all the eyeballs you want. And, you know, let me just... I'm going to... Actually, I'm going to... Um, leave one uh, tip in here along with this quickie tip. I, I was thinking that, you know, we maybe want to introduce a, a kind of, uh, it's going to sound um, offensive at, at uh, first glance or, or first hearing uh, is the truth about fat people. 
I was thinking we should we should have a little segment on that because and the and this is not mean to meant in any way to shame fat people. It's quite the opposite. It's the fact that everybody wants to think that fat people are just gluttons and they just eat too much and they're this and they're you know they can't stop themselves. They have restraint problems and yada yada yada. And uh, the truth about fat people in my mind is that being overweight is much more complex than that. Uh, and going hand in hand with that concept of eating everything is that uh, more often than not, particularly where there is no overeating involved, I do find that many uh, overweight or obese people are extremely picky. You know, they they are not gluttons. They are people who will you know you they eat you know white beans cold and red beans hot you know like they just have they have different they have just extremely picky tastes uh, which suggests to me that there are some psychological issues maybe uh some some uh, power struggles with parents over meals and things like that uh but uh i i firmly believe that many people will lose weight uh merely by getting rid of that pickiness and discovering new foods. And I've seen it so many times over the last 20 years. It's not even funny. So with that, I think we can uh, introduce Laura Childs. Hello, Laura. Hello. Hello, Jim. Hello, Adrian. Hi. Um, I would Tell us about your book. Um, tell us what started you on this low-carb, high-fat journey. Okay. Um, on my 50th birthday, I went for my, you know, standard 50-year-old medical, let's get some health markers in line so we can watch you as you age. And my doctor told me, you're overweight. You're, I think I was um, in the obese phase or just passed, coming in at 235 pounds. And how tall are you? Six feet, almost six feet tall. Okay. Yeah. Um, was seeing signs of uh, insulin resistance, and she told me I was on my way to metabolic syndrome and eventually type 2 diabetes if I didn't do something soon. I was a person who was always hungry, and because I work from home, about 10 feet away from my refrigerator, food was always available to me. Uh, So the thought of dieting was a little bit distressing to me, the thought that I was going to have to do what standard diets tell you to do is eat fluffy greens with no dressing and chicken breasts, I don't know, boiled or poached. I was pretty sure there was no way I was going to be able to handle that. My daughter had come home for a couple of months and was living at home and she gained the freshman 40 plus a few other pounds because of some just depressing things going on in her life and she decided we should diet together. Right. She, so, that, um, so the aha moment for you was when the doctor said, you know, you're you're headed to becoming a statistic basically and yeah. then it's kind of compounded with your daughter saying hey mom let's you know it'll be better if we do this together exactly but i still wasn't sold take to get you in this diet <laughs> um mostly to be honest with you i knew that i was gaining weight fast and furiously it seemed to you know the last the six months leading up to this it seemed like every few weeks there were a few more pounds. My clothes were tighter and tighter. And I had a fear that I was going to be the person that was going to need to be cut out of her house. Right. Just because, you know, six months you've gained, I don't know, 10, 12 pounds or whatever. And you know that's just going to compound. With that came, you know, depression. Right. Feeling that you weren't in control, whatever. Right. Veronica um, started doing some research. That's my daughter. And also my co-author. 
and she decided that um, adding fats back into our diet because we'd been eating low fat like the government has told us all these years might just save us as long as we also got a handle on the carbs, the glucose mm-hmm. in, uh, in our bloodstream. So I figured, you know, high fat, that actually sounds kind of yummy. You mean I can eat bacon and cheese and put cream in my coffee and I'll give that a try. So we tried it. She lost weight quicker. Obviously, she was 20, 20 years old at the time. Um, and she was also more committed. I cheated after the first couple of weeks, maybe about once a week, eating foods that were not good for me, those processed and packaged foods, because I still had the addiction. But the weight came off. And today, I am 70 pounds down and no longer in an obese category. Right. When... Um when the doctor first told you this and when you were watching the weight creep up, were you just tempted to be like, oh, I can't do anything about it. It's my hormones, menopause, you know, just the age. I can't do anything about it. Were you tempted to kind of uh, follow that standard thinking of it's, it's all in the genes and, you know, I might as well pack it in because I'm over a certain age? I think there was a part of that. Uh, she asked me, my doctor did ask me um, how my diet was. How's your diet? And I said, my diet's healthy. You know, I eat whole grain breads and I eat all my grains that I'm supposed to and all the fruits and, you know, seven servings of fruits and vegetables every day. It wasn't seven, but you know, um, it was still a high sugar diet, even though, you know, it was considered to be healthy. So she told me to swim. She mm. said, swim and exercise it off. Well, swimming for me would be one hour of getting ready, one hour of travel, two hours of swimming, two hours to get back. I didn't have that. So it was a job. Swimming was a a job. Exactly. Yeah. Forget earning money or doing anything other than swimming all day. Yeah. Yeah. So um, was I looking for excuses about weight and hormones? No. Um, No. I was just, you know, largely fear. I didn't think, I didn't think it was possible. Right. Yeah. But it turned out it was possible and it was actually kind of easy and delicious. Right, exactly. And uh, I think that's uh, really important to underscore is that uh, so often the diets that are recommended, whether from a doctor or from someone else, you know, the... uh, what you see on TV and, and a lot of people like me, you know, calling themselves nutritionists, for example, is that uh, it's all about deprivation. And there's this concept of willpower and, you know, you got to toughen up and it's, it's, it's got a very militaristic kind of approach. Right. And who wants to live like that? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Honestly, if I had to measure, you know, my food every day and um, distract myself when I thought I was hungry... I don't know. I don't. I don't think there'd be a lot of quality of life to me, for me. Right. Exactly. And and that's um. You know, that's another thing that you you know you're talking about. Uh, really, what so many people do. I I was uh, working with a woman who was trying to get pregnant. Uh, I don't know, maybe about twelve years ago or so, and uh, she was telling me, "Oh, I'm so hungry all the time. You know, there's no way I can add any fat to my diet. I'm, you know, oh, that's gonna kill me. It's bad." And I was like, just try it for a week, you know, just, just humor me and try it. And she comes back to me a week later and she's like, I stopped binge eating. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, all you had to do was add some fat to your diet. That's what your body was craving. You know, Mm -hmm. the the cravings are not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if you're craving sugar, that's probably, you know, 
you're probably a, a couple of steps away from like a substance addiction, like smoking or or uh, alcohol or even hard drugs. Uh, but the the foods that your brain needs are, are proteins and fats. So if you're craving those foods, there's a very good reason for it. And once you start to satisfy that craving, you you just feel so much better. It's like a, it, it, there's a whole new clarity that comes with that, uh, as opposed to the sugar cravings, which tend to result in crashes and foggy headedness and, and all of that. Yeah, middle of the day, um, feeling like you were going to pass out because you hadn't eaten for two hours. Right. That was in, that was incredible. That's when I started to say, okay, something's really wonky here. Right, right, right. So other than the weight, what else improved or, or just changed for you once uh, you started taking on this diet? I hate to call it a diet, this way of eating. This yeah, lifestyle. I know, I know. And, we, t- and we, um, we fought with that over when we were deciding to put this book together. Um, because it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a diet at all, and it still doesn't. We're still eating that way today. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's what people—that's the word people see and, and react to. <laughs> yeah, and the other part of it too, Adrian, is that um, that's how we attracted them. You know, yes, that's how exactly. we attracted our readers. So, absolutely, amen to that. Because in the end, yes, the weight came off, but it also brought them on a journey where they became really excited because of all the changes they were feeling. Right. And they started to look into nutrition more and, um, and learn more about how important fat is in our diet. Right. So for me, skin tone, definitely. I feel, I feel like I look about 10 years younger. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Mental clarity. Right. Energy. I sleep better at night. Nice. Um, and then there's all of the stuff that goes with just feeling good in your skin. So all the confidence. No longer um, as shy. Don't have a problem showing up on screen or shaking hands or being in strange places. Uh, Is yeah. that more of a, a self-conscious thing that before you were like, I'm not worried, nobody wants to see the fat girl kind of thing? Or is it just you just feel like a, a weight, like you know, metaphorically, <laughs> weight has been lifted. Mm-hmm. It was a self-conscious thing, and it, it kind of bothers me that I have that part of myself because mm-hmm. I would judge myself, but I'm not big on judging others. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the fact that I was so hard on myself, I, I don't know, it must have been something that I needed to do to kind of give me that extra push to lose the weight. But, yeah, I was self-conscious, definitely. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, not that it's cool that you were self-conscious. It's just... <laughs> But yeah, but it, it happens. It's a way of life, and we end right. up living in a shadow instead of instead of stepping into our power. Right. So so yeah, and I, I definitely see this. You know, talking about the truth about fat people, so to speak, is that there are. Uh, I have uh, worked with many people over the years, and and not worked with many people who have uh, told me that they used weight as you know. The, some people even actively use the weight as a way to kind of shield themselves from reality. And, and from yeah. whatever they were dealing with, you know, whether it was an abuse or um, some, you know, other uh, event in their life that made them feel that they just wanted to hide. Yeah. Or put some distance between the world and them. And Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of psychological stuff going on around that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, okay. So now we're, we're headed into the holidays. Uh, you know, we here in the U S we just came off of Thanksgiving. So some people are still eating Turkey. Uh, we're going into Christmas next year and then new years. What is, what does your table look like 
for these kind of holidays when everybody else is, you know, just downing yams and breads and potatoes and pies. Like, what are you, what are you? So my table is pretty um, traditional. It it would be light on the, lighter on the breads and the stuffing and the pies and anything sugary, but it's still on the table because Mm -hmm. my husband still partakes, partakes. We have company that still partakes in those types of things. Um, I try not to, you know, people are usually coming with cakes and breads and all that kind of stuff. So there's no sense in me making it. Right. But my big issue is it doesn't go in my mouth, Mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't, I think, you know, this would be my second or third Christmas. I think it's my second Christmas. It just, you know, I've, and I have to say last Christmas, or the first Christmas, I tried that stuff. You right. know, it's the holidays, so right. why not? Just have some. You love this stuff, or you used to love this stuff. And I found it really lacking. Yeah. So I would rather have another bacon-wrapped scallop. Mm. Or I would have rather enjoy some warm, you know, more warm brie or camembert than eat a bun. <laughs> like, Really? <laughs> it's a fun and it's and it has no taste and no flavor and it and it makes makes my stomach hurt now um it generally will make me foggy brained almost within half an hour right yeah and it just leaves me unsettled one of the uh kind of amusing things i found oh, at thanksgiving i had like 23 people here and you know like you said a lot of people will at one point i counted everybody sat down i counted how many dishes there were just like of the main course there were 30 okay <laughs> On the, wow. on the table or on the counter. And then there were no less than probably 10 desserts. So, you know, you want to be cordial to your guests and show that you appreciate they brought something. So I, um, I you know, sampled uh, literally, I would say, maybe a forkful of, of each dessert just to, you know, kind of tip my hat basically to everyone. And I think by the second one, I lost all feeling in my tongue like <laughs> it was just and and i think the sugariest of all ironically were the ones that came from the health food store because <laughs> they're just because they're doing the low fat and the high fruit plus the sugar and you know and it was just everything was just so sweet i was you know i was literally my tongue was stunned wow. by the by the amount of sugar that was in some of these desserts and, and I, I will admit, I made a, a carby dessert, but uh, one person, a friend of mine from Switzerland, tasted it. And she said, you know, next to all the other desserts, yours tastes like a savory dish. Mm. Because I made, basically what it was is that somebody else had a luau and she gifted me a big thing of rice. And I was like, well, I have a bunch of people coming here. I'll make some rice pudding. <laughs> I, put, I made a pumpkin rice pudding with a little maple syrup in there. And, um, you know, it was, it's something that I can eat without, you know, binging on or, or, you know, gaining a significant amount of weight. So, you know, I will allow myself to have stuff like that uh, on occasion. Uh, But the other ones, I was like, wow, this is like really, really sweet. And once you lose the taste for that, it's such a liberation. Absolutely. And that's the way I used to eat. Like if I could go to a buffet, just have desserts. Thanks. That'd be good. I'd like that. Or count my calories and just have sugary desserts. I'm good with that. Right. And so many people do that, my God. (laughs) Yeah, right. But now even carrots taste sweet to me. Yeah. So I think your dessert would have been probably just a lovely treat. Right. Exactly. Just, just Just a very, you know, 
just uh, very middle of the road where you can actually taste the flavors. I'm, I'm a big pr proponent of not masking flavors. I always tell people, I sell some of my, uh, my spice rubs uh, here in the local markets in Hawaii, and I, I explain to people what they're eating, and it's a hot pepper spice. Um, by the way, it's a, it's a jerk cock rub, if anybody's interested. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. You'll and... notice that the only male in the room is keeping his mouth shut right now. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it's um it's you know it's it's a Jamaican spice rub and it's it's traditionally hot, but even though it's a hot spice, you taste flavors in there. So I always tell people, and only people 40 and above usually understand this uh, analogy, which is that it's like the difference between CoverGirl and Tammy Faye Baker. You know, you don't want to mask the flavor of the food. You just want to accentuate it nicely. Yeah. And honestly, I think that um, spices and, and herbs really saved me as mm -hmm. well. Because you were losing all that, I was losing all that sweet taste, all that, you know, whatever taste. To be able to add layers of flavor, like you said, with fresh herbs and spices. And my spice cupboard now is two levels. Right. Right. In the, yeah, in the, in the pantry. So um, it's, I, I almost feel like it's a lost art. Yeah. Actually, you know, what uh, saved me in addition to the herbs was lemon. Yes. I started this love affair with with sour flavors that I didn't know was there and a lot of people will turn their nose up like lemon oh it's so sour yeah but that's just an indication that they eat too much sugar mm -hmm. you know and once that that you get liberated from that you you start to really enjoy the the um complexity that it can bring to uh to very simple dishes it's really really awesome stuff so what uh, kind of uh, quickie tips can you give to people who are out there who might, you know, be either maybe purchased your book and, and want to go into the holidays? I know you give some tips uh, on your website as well as on your uh, Facebook page and group. Uh, what uh, quickie tip can you offer about getting through the holidays and staying true to, you know, how you really want to eat? Right. So whether it's uh, weight loss or... Um, other health reasons, when you've made that decision to change your diet, you know, there's all this standard drink more water, don't drink alcohol, have club soda, eat before you arrive to a party, um, you know, all these ways of ensuring you don't overeat or eat the wrong thing. But I just like to bring it back to um, the two saboteurs. The first is the family and the friends that are like, it's the holidays. You could have a chocolate. You could, you know, try this, try this dessert. Eat your mashed potatoes. It's the holidays. And it's one of the hardest things for most of the people that I talk to about um, overcoming that without feeling rude. So like you said, you know, take a bite if, if you need to you know, as a hat tip to, or to honor your hostess. But if they really start razzing you, my first line of defense is to interrupt all that prompting with having a conversation about them and not about their diet, not about attacking them in the way that maybe you feel like your chosen way of eating has been attacked, but just ask them about their life. Ask them what's going on for them. Just find a way to change the subject with a little bit of grace. Right. Right, and and who doesn't love talking about themselves, right? Exactly. They'll totally forget about the fact that you're not popping chocolates. 
Right. Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, years ago, when I had to be extremely strict with my diet uh, because of you know health issues I was going through at the time, uh, I was at a work conference and my one coworker starts coming down on me for not snacking in between in between uh, sessions. We were you know at like a uh, like a full day conference. And he's like, well, he's like, have something. I'm like, I'm having a glass. Of, I'm having some mineral water. Leave me alone. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't want you to fall over, you know, because you're starving yourself. And I'm like, first of all, I'm not starving. I I am perfectly fine. Like, I had a good breakfast. I don't need anything to, you know, see me through till lunch. So anyway, lunch shows up. And I kid you not, this first he has he has a piece of fish because, you know, he's so politically correct. He's doing everything right. You know, I, I went for the roast beef. He gets fish. And he's trying to show me the right way to eat. He, then after he's done with his fish, he comes back with three slices of angel food cake. Oh, my goodness. Three. And these were, these were I shouldn't even call them slices. They were wedges. <laughs> these huge wedges of angel food cake. And I was like, yeah, I kind of see why you need to snack in between meals. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Because sugar, once, you start, run. once you start that, you're just on the train. You just, you can't jump off, you know, once you start that in the middle of the day or at I, I, I could only imagine what his breakfast looked like. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, um, it's, it's just kind of funny when you know, people ridicule you and then you look at what they're eating and you're like, really? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to come down on me for not eating cake? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Do you really, really want to have this conversation? conversation? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, first let's tell and, people again oh, about exactly. the website. NutritionHeretic.com, okay. and if you have a question or if you have a suggestion for a guest for the show or something, uh, they go to which website? They can go to Nutrition Heretic. Oh, sorry, they can go to NutritionHeretic.com actually, but they can go to AdrianHugh.com forward slash help desk. Uh, also, be sure to uh, check out the links to uh, Laura and Veronica's book, The Complete Low Carb. I keep I can't say this straight. Uh, <laughs> the Complete Low Carb, High Fat, No Hunger Diet. Uh, and we'll have links to that as well as uh, to their... Are you letting just anybody into your Facebook group? Oh, absolutely. Okay, cool. So to their, their Facebook group, and uh, you can connect with them as well to get more tips on how to get through the holidays. 